Our scripture reading for this morning is from Paul's letter to the, to the church in Philippi, Philippians, the first chapter. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel from the first day until now. I am confident of this, that the one who began a good work among you will bring it to completion by the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to think this way about all of you because you hold me in your heart. For all of you, Share in God's grace with me, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I long for all of you with the compassion of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may overflow more and more with knowledge and full insight to help you to determine what is best. So that in the day of Christ Jesus, you may be pure and blameless, having produced a harvest of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ for the glory and praise of God. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. First, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity and the honor and the support to be able to, to travel. Um, a week and a half ago on Wednesday morning, I got up early and got to the airport and flew down to Nicaragua, and then I came back then just this past Wednesday. And uh, just to kind of give a tiny bit of background before we dive into the sermon, uh, the South Dakota Synod, like all of the synods in the ELCA, has a couple of partners, international partners in the Lutheran Church. We call them companion synods. And we, are a partner, we have a companion synod partnership with the church in Central Africa, in Cameroon, and then also in Central America and Nicaragua. And part of our partnership with the church in Nicaragua is each year around Reformation time, they invite some folks from, some of the leaders from South Dakota to come down to Nicaragua and be part of a pastoral exchange. And so that's what I got to do down there and... Um, I'll share a little bit more about that today and then also next Sunday during coffee hour, during education hour in the chapel, if you'd like to join in that. And if you've got other commitments next Sunday morning during the education hour, the following Wednesday evening after worship also in the chapel, I'll be sharing more about that. But to today, I do. Two little words. Three little letters, three little letters, two little words that change so much. When you think about those words, I do, most people think about a wedding when people gather before the, before the altar and they say those two words, I do, those words that speak about relationship, about love, about commitment, about sharing about togetherness, about partnership. I do. And thinking about those words because of Paul's beginning to the letter to the Philippians, 
where Paul starts off saying, I do thank God every time I remember you. I thank God every time I remember you, praying for you because of your sharing in the gospel. I've been thinking about Philippians over the last month pretty intensely because I knew that I was going to be preaching on it for this weekend and I also knew that, that, was, that Philippians was the focus for the Bible studies that we would be leading in, in Nicaragua. And so last Sunday afternoon and evening and, and all day last Monday, we gathered at Cedro Galan, which is a, just on the outskirts of Managua. And it's a, it's a little farm area. It started as a refugee camp back in the 80s. And now it's a kind of a retreat center. So if you can kind of think Nisadak or Joy Ranch in Nicaragua, that's kind of like, like Cedro Galan. And some of the finances that we raised to expand our building here, we actually gave away to help them with that facility there. But leaders from across the church in Nicaragua gathered together and, and we spent five sessions of Bible study looking at Philippians together, together with them there in Nicaragua. And I was really incredibly grateful that uh, we had not only Pastor Charlie Bunk and Deacon, Deacon Barber Bunk there along with me, part of that, but we also had uh, another wonderful young person, Soliette is her name, and she is there on the right-hand side with a microphone in her hand. Soliette is a remarkable young woman. She's somewhere just under 30 years old. She is a pastor, and she's a medical doctor, and she works on behalf of the South Dakota Synod to serve the church in Nicaragua and also serves as kind of the, the, the host and translator and a remarkable woman. So she helped us with the Bible study, translating the Bible study. She helped us when we were out in the, in the, in the little rural communities. This is one of the rural communities that we went to that uh, is called La Carbonera. And the pastor there on the right, standing there with the white shirt. I wish you could see his shirt if you look really close. I love it when God has a sense of humor. Can anybody read what his shirt says? It says Monarch Football. <laughs> it has nothing to do with Warner or the football we play, but I'm sure it's a soccer team. But anyway, there he is standing there, and, and, and he's telling about the, the, the beans and the corn that they're able to irrigate now due to some of the work that, that the church has been able to do. But there we, st- we stood, and we were talking there about Paul Paul says, I do thank God for you. I do thank God because of your sharing in the gospel. And Paul says, I do have confidence that God who began this good work is going to bring it to completion. Those two little words, those three little letters, I do, they are about partnership and love and commitment and togetherness and relationship They're about sharing, but certainly not only the sharing of marriage, the sharing of life, about that I do commitment that we make as followers of Jesus. Throughout this fall, as Pastor Kevin mentioned, we've been talking about practicing our faith, about ways that we actually live out and practice, embody our faith. And as we've been doing that, we, we led up to two weeks ago confirmation and we had over 50 young people who were here standing before the altar and kneeling to say, I do. I do intend to continue in this covenant God made with me in baptism. 
And so you can imagine my surprise. Last Sunday morning, I had gathered with the, with the people from across from Nicaragua in Managua at their central church there, and I was invited to preach. I don't know if I've ever sweated so much when I've been preaching in my whole life. I could feel the, dro- the drips running down my face. I don't know if it was because of the temperature or because of my nerves or trying to preach in Spanish and English and hoping that I would make it through But after we got done, I I was sitting up there, and and all of a sudden, one of the people said, we're going to do confirmation now. It's like, what? (laughs) And all of a sudden, there were about a dozen young people that were standing up there, and here, Pastor Katia is asking these questions, you know, do you intend to this, 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 and they're saying, I do, I do. And then they said that we're going to pray for them, and and so um, this is Pastor Harrison. I met him uh, when I was down in in El Salvador, in Nicaragua in 2012, and he's laying his hands on this on this young person praying for him. And then somebody came up to me and said, now you go pray for them. And so I was like, I don't know what to do. So I walked up to this young person and I put my hand on his head and in his shoulder and I started to pray for him. And, and then I stepped back and they said, no, pray for all of them. And I'm like, all right. So we got done with that service. It, the service was about, I think it started at 10 o'clock. It was supposed to start at 10 o'clock. I think we were leaving about 1230 We went to lunch and then we went out to Cedro Golan to start the Bible study. And just about every single one of those young people that was confirmed that morning came out to gather with the other leaders from across the church to continue in the promise they had just made. To learn and to study so that they could go back to their communities, to their own people and to share. It was amazing. We had people from the oldest person was about 65, and the youngest person participating in the Bible studies was about 10 years old. Just absolutely fascinating as we spent those five sessions in Philippians. When we got to the end of the, end of the sessions, we were asking people to, uh, this, I don't know if you can see the little girl here. She's, she's kind of hidden. I wish I'd, but do you see the guy with the hat on? Right behind him is this little girl, she's about 10. She's standing up to report on behalf of her small group what they talked about. And in the very last session, one of the young women stood up to, they were each supposed to share what was one takeaway they had from the last part of the study that we, that we had. And this one, one young woman stood up and, and she said in Spanish, she, she said that the piece that stood out to us the most is I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I do. I can do. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And I couldn't help but think back to the week before at confirmation here at Bethlehem when, when some of the young people who put together their faith projects, at least two of those young people from Bethlehem, they used that exact same passage. They said, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Some of you have heard that phrase before. It's, it's a pretty popular Bible passage. People quote it quite a bit and they put it on t-shirts and they, they put it out there a lot. As I was thinking about that, I thought, you know, we, we need to remember the context of that passage. What's, where does that come from in Philippians 4? Not just pull it out. Philippians 4. Paul has been talking about his joy and his gratitude. And Paul says, I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last you have revived your concern for me. 
Indeed, you were concerned for me, but I had no opportunity to show it. Not that I'm referring to being in need, for I've learned to be content with whatever I have. I know what it is to have little. I know what it is to have plenty. And in all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and being in need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Those words, you can imagine, sounded a lot different gathered with this, these people who, who know poverty. They know hunger in ways that I'll never know. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. In any case, it was kind of you to share my distress. Paul continues, You Philippians indeed know that in early days of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you alone. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help for my needs more than once. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the profit that accumulates to your account. I have been paid in full and have more than enough. I am fully satisfied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will fully satisfy every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Did you catch that? Those I can do words, I can do all things through him who strengthens me, they're embedded in this whole piece where Paul is talking about the way that the Philippians shared with him for the good of the ministry. They shared with him with their financial resources. There was giving and receiving that built that partnership, that togetherness, that connection so that God's work could continue. If you don't remember anything else from this morning, maybe you remember this. Maybe you simply remember that there is a life-giving connection between faith and finances. When I went to Nicaragua in 2012, I came back and I had some, uh, I, had a, I had this left. Have you ever seen one of these? You know what that is? It's Nicaraguan money. It's a 20 Cordoba bill. It's tearing because it's been in my wallet for seven years now. And I keep that in there. I, I told myself I was going to keep this 20 Cordobas in my wallet so that I would remember, every time I opened up my wallet, I would remember my connection with the people of Nicaragua and other people around the world. And to remember that there's a connection between my finances and my faith. Most of you have never seen one of these, have you? Have you ever seen one of these? Have you seen one of these? Any of you have good eyes? Anybody have good eyes? You do? You guess you do? Okay. I want you to read. What does it say right underneath my fingers? In God we trust. In God we trust, it says. And U.S. Treasury, yeah. It says, in God we trust. Do we? Do we? There is a life-giving connection between faith and finances. That's why Paul begins this letter 
I thank my God every time I remember you, constantly praying with joy in every one of my prayers for all of you because of your sharing in the gospel. You're sharing in the gospel. There's that connection, that life-giving connection, as you see if you read the whole letter between faith and finances. And God who's at work, God's going to bring it to completion. Paul trusts in God. I do, those two little words, those three little letters that, that change so much. That's why throughout the fall we've been walking through, continuing in the covenant God made with us about those practices that we live out in response to God's call and God's gift, God's claim in our lives. And we respond to that question by saying, I do and I ask God to help and guide me. And so this morning, we simply ask, do you recognize the life-giving connection between your faith and finances? And you say, okay, this section here sounded pretty convincing. This section over here, do you recognize the life-giving connection between your faith and finances? Much better. And you listening on the radio, I didn't hear you at all. I thank God every time I remember you because of your sharing in the gospel. Because of your sharing in the gospel. Because of your sharing in what Bethlehem does. Bethlehem is able to touch lives. Here in the church building, when people gather for worship, when people learn, when people make quilts, when grieving people are fed, and because of your sharing in the gospel, Bethlehem is able to touch lives out in the community as people are visited, as people are helped. And because of your sharing in the gospel, lives are touched around the world Because you say, I do, and I ask God to help and guide me. Thank you. Thank you for those three little letters, those two little words that change so many lives. Amen.